There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 21st of August 2013. For newcomers, please help yourself to the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. There's lots and lots of audios to download where I go through the system and try to deprogram you in a sense to, to what's real and what isn't and how even when you think you're waking up, you can be misled into so many different areas by professionals because government, remember, too, uh, deals with lots of disinformation and they plan the future. They plan the future naturally. Power always must plan the future to make sure it's always in control. And it's the same people are always in control. So they plan the future, including the big changes they're going to bring in step by step. But they debate the changes and even have whole panels of experts. Again, they go off and, and twiddle their thumbs and think about what will the reactions of the public be to these changes. And sometimes, too, uh, they'll even train people to be leaders for NGOs, etc., before they've even introduced the change in opposition to the change. And so it's a fake, it's a fake opposition, of course. And, and they've done this for an awful long time. You can go back to the Middle Ages and find this kind of thing going on too between different power groups back then. So I go through the system we're in today and how it's perfectly controlled by those into neuroscience, psychology, behaviorism, and so on. And, and uh, don't forget, too, that the real parallel government, the true government is the parallel government, as Quigley and other called, others called them. And these are the collection of big, giant foundations, uh, tax-free foundations, which hire armies of non-governmental organizations and, and stacks of think tanks across the world that advise governments on every level on what to do and so social changes and so on and all policies. So I go through that too. That's how we really run uh, all down to the PR groups too eventually and how to put it across to the public to make sure that we get the right opinions on things. And they do. They, get, they, they bring you to what's supposed to be your conclusion, but it's actually the one they want to design for you. So help yourself to that. Remember too, you bring me to you. You can help me take along here by getting the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And I go through chronology down through the ages, and because uh, it's cons, it's chronology, and uh, and vast amounts of people have always been controlled by those who know how to con them very very well. Today it's more sophisticated with guys in suits and ties, and uh, and nice letters behind their names, which mean sweet damned all actually, but it impresses you. It's meant to impress you, and they become experts and they decide big things, uh, which you have to follow and change your ways of life and so on and so on and so on. And uh, from the U.S. to Canada to order the, the, all these books and so on, and the discs I have, you can remember, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders, or you can, you can send cash or use PayPal across the world. Remember, you've got Western Union and MoneyGram and PayPal once again. Straight donations are seriously, seriously welcome uh, because we're going through massive changes, and it costs a lot to do even what I'm doing here. Uh, I could be doing other things too if I wanted to. 
but uh, it's important to get this out now because this is the time of change. This is a century of change, in fact, and they hope to uh, you understand that what's happening today was planned sometime centuries ago, definitely discussed centuries ago by different revolutionary groups that existed back then. And they talked about the kind of society they wanted to bring in. And for the, for the idiots down below, they always talked about giving them liberty, equality and freedom uh, and so on. And for the ones who actually wrote up for them in their private letters uh, to their own peer group, they talked about there's no such thing as equality, etc., etc. Albert Pike said the same thing, by the way, in Morals and Dogma. So uh, I go through all this kind of stuff to show you that we're led up the garden path all the time. Every generation is, but now it's really perfected with instant communication. Uh, all media is on board with this as they go through uh, routers or, or the API or whatever. The different, there's two major news companies that give us all the news for the world. So the whole world gets, gets, gets the same standardized news, censored and so on. Uh, and uh, much of us have a spin on it. Other ones have a complete fabrication. doesn't matter. It's, it's parted as though it's the gospel truth by all the anchor people on television networks and radio and so on. So remember, you've got to start thinking for yourselves as you go through massive changes. A century of change where all these things, as say, the revolutionaries wanted to bring into place are here now. And the ones that are still to be changed, the things that are still to come in, have to drastically change the way that we live. I mean, radically alter, radically alter the way we live. Down to single um, homes for single people. That's the mandate too. No more marriage. That's to get out the window down the road. And now with science, and they always said this centuries ago, with, with science, the rise of science, they would conquer the world. Uh, and the elite who talked about this said that they would be gods themselves. Those who were in charge would be gods of the world. And pretty well they're behaving like it right now, as you well know. So... That's where it's supposed to all go. And to get to the end of marriage, they said they had to create massive promiscuity and normalize it. Of course, the state had to take up the slack. The abortion clinics now come and fall out in the, in the, the VD clinics, of course, at hospitals for all the sexually transmitted diseases and also orphanages and so on and, and foster care all blossomed and bloomed. Big business now to take care of uh, unwanted offspring, all part of the sexual revolution. And again, remember, I said the second part of this revolution is very important. That's what it was. It was a planned revolution, not by the schmucks that followed it, by the, but the ones who planned it for them. So most of the things happen in the world, as I say, are, are planned years and years in advance. The big things always are, including all the wars. I've, I'm so sick of talking about the PNAC group, the Project for New American Century, group that Wolfowitz and others were into during the Bush era when they wanted to go into Iraq. In Afghanistan, and they had a whole list of countries they wanted to take out, including Syria. And there was even articles in the paper, if you look back and, and, to, and, do, and do searches for it, the Israeli papers were the same as the PNAC group's lists of countries they wanted to take out, uh, and right through, including Libya too, and then Syria, and eventually Iran as well. Egypt too, they had to become radically altered. And it's happened already, as we know. So it's no coincidence when these guys publish their big plans. Uh, they're in charge of creating, of, of running countries and creating wars. And that, that's exactly the agenda we're on. And remember, that was from the 90s. We published that. The media, of course, won't make a big deal about it because all their members of the, the top journalists and so on are all members of the, of the Royal Institute for International Affairs and the Council on Foreign Relations, this group that was set up a long time ago by the big boys who created the foundations to start with, and they were the, fun, they were the founders of them, uh, and they formed these private clubs, or philanthropic groups as they call themselves, 
uh, and they, of course, also set out to take over all the resources of the world. That ties in with, Al, uh, with uh, uh, Albert Pike, what he said in his own book, Morals and Dogma, where he said, we will become masters over the masters of the world. In other words, they would take, and he even said, by using the stock market in every possible means, even if it was illegitimate by the type, the type of things and techniques they were going to use. And they would become the richest of all. And of course, they'd end up owning massive banks, they would own massive corporations, etc. In fact, a lot of the corporations they created, including the whole military industrial complex, for those who don't quite know that. And they are now the masters over the masters of the world. The old masters were the royalties and so on, who were simply there as figureheads, basically. Although they, they definitely get too much attention and too much say in, in the affairs of people. But uh, they don't have the power now of these top uh, private organizations that put their own people in to every country across the world as presidents and prime ministers. They're all members of the Council on Foreign Relations and Royal Institute for International Affairs. Same organization. So you're, you're running towards a plan. And the plan uh, is, was all for wars, world wars. I've already had two world wars in the 20th century, and they, they, they actually got out of it what they wanted to get out of it. They destroyed Germany, which would uh, compete against their big world plan, and they, they created the two world wars. In fact, during the Boer War, which they also created, by the way, and this is all in their book uh, of their own historian, uh, Carl Quigley, they created the Boer War, and during that time, too, they were setting up the propaganda for anti-German expansion at that time, and that led to, the, to World War One. And then, of course, uh, uh, they, they made the big deal at the end of World War Two, A1, and, uh, and set up the system for World War Two at the same time as the Versailles Treaty. Back with more after this break. Folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and talking about the big system because that's all there is. You're living in a system that you didn't design, uh, your parents didn't design, grandparents too, and even those before that who, who they knew actually there was a big, big changes going on, uh, but they didn't know, know exactly why or, or to what purpose and so on. When FDR came in in the US, of course, they certainly saw the changes into a, a more communistic type style because he brought more communists, avowed communists, card-carrying communists into the government with him, in fact. And there's lots of information in books put out at the time people who complained about it, etc., etc. But it's all part of it, of again, to bring the world under one system. And even communism, too, it was created by the big bankers. They funded everything, of course, from the big banks in the U.S. and in London, England, uh, for the whole communist revolution. They found that communism would be the fastest way to amalgamate whole little countries together, standardize them into one system of bureaucracies, etc., uh, and education, training, and all the rest of it. And eventually, as Lenin said, that the, the dictatorship would last for about 70 years, and then the, the system would merge with the West not quite capitalist, not quite communist, and it's called socialism, because the big bankers want socialism in the end, you see. That's the synthesis of it all. Socialism means lots of government agencies keeping all the peasants down and under their thumbs, etc. Now we have total surveillance and all the rest of it, too, that ties in with all of that. 
and, and all for the global society uh, and also for the privatized network they bring in, which is called public-private partnerships, where, where people's um, all the assets of towns and so on, their water, uh, all the different power and so on that they have that was all built up by the taxpayers get sold off for pennies are actually given away to private corporations without any say and input from the general public. So private corporations are to rule the world, and they're already doing it, by the way. Uh, where did the public get gifted, say, IBM, uh, the right to just put in their smart grid across the whole planet? A whole, the whole planet, folks. Uh, and getting public money from it, too. Taxpayer support money from it as well. And who does this, this private grid actually serve eventually? Well, the masters that have their own run the world, folks. That's who it serves, not the public. It's all private, remember. And Carl Quigley, who was a historian uh, for the archive systems, the, the real history of the world, of the Council on Foreign Relations, said, uh, he says, that's to be the new fe- system, a feudal system. That's what they're bringing in. A global feudal system where giant corporations run the world and the CEOs are the feudal overlords. That's already here. Many of them actually get put into politics during bad times. I mean, bad times now, which it's not going quite to the plan. They put them into politics from some big corporation until they get the jobs done. Then they move them back. You see, they move them back into into the CEO positions of the big corporations again. That's like revolving chairs today. And yet people still are brainwashed to think they live in a kind of democracy, which they don't. They haven't done their whole lives being a democracy. Uh, the Club of Rome, that's also a big think tank for the big foundations and the United Nations, came out uh, back in the 70s, and they said that democracy as it stands wouldn't work. And the plan was to bring in a more authoritarian society to keep everybody in line. They said there's too many competing factions, special interest groups all after their own money for their own particular group, and it would never work. And the big, big plans that had to be done uh, couldn't happen in democracies because people would object to them and hold them back. So they'd have to bring in authoritarian systems. Of course, the best authoritarian system is to bring it in during a time of so-called terror, you see. We take all your rights away, change the system, uh, because we're going to keep you safe. And that's what's happening today. It's quite simple, quite, quite simple. And also, today I was thinking, just off the top of my head as well, about the the whole transgender system. Now, eventually the big boys said, uh, after they created massive promiscuity, destroyed marriage and all the rest of it, uh, then they would bring in changes, changes even to genders. And that's why they, they brought up the, uh, the hopeless thing that it didn't even fly in the communist countries, that men and women were exactly the same, uh, which is, is not true at all, of course. And uh, But they said they're exactly the same. It's just it's how you're taught by your parents. It makes you a girl or a boy. And, and, but now they've got a better way. To, now they've got transgenderism. And again, it's to hit particular people who, who generally are homosexual or lesbian. And, and, uh, and through science, they pretend they've changed their gender, but they've not changed their gender, you see. Because uh, if you try to become a woman uh, from a guy, yeah, you've got plastic surgery and etc. You've got lots of hormones getting injected into you, but you don't have a womb and ovaries. You know, you just haven't got to that stage yet. But it's in the public mind it's supposed to get you used to to the fact that science can do anything. Because down the road they hope to bring in different kinds of humans. So you've been acclimatized to the fact that anything can be changed, including us humans themselves, you see. 
That's what it's all for. That's the point of it all. Not for people who have a lot of problems, etc., and they get their so-called genders changed, which they don't, actually. But um, to get the public used to the fact that science can do amazing things. And I remember reading uh, on the air, actually, from a, a magazine uh, put out by um, top uh, geneticists, and they even outlined different kinds of humans they hope to bring in down in the ages, uh, the, the very close ages, actually, to do with uh, specific jobs that they would be made and, and created to, to do. Even underwater humans that could go down to deep sea diving rigs and do undersea welding. That could even have be, be uh, have uh, you know uh, have gills even and so on. They said it could be done with genetic engineering and starting from scratch and uh, before the the, the the sperm and ovum is actually put into the womb in vitro. You know, so uh, this is what it's all about, folks. To get you getting away from all when something's trying to get you away from what is obviously normal into something else. There's always a different reason for what you think. It's not the one they present to you. The presentation by the media is a technique of getting you uh, to see the lesser reason for it. It's not, for, it's not to help poor crying humans. It's to, it's to get you all trained that science will bring these out in the future. And they'll say, well, we've already changed the, the genders when we want to do it. So what's wrong with this? This is how it's done. This is always how it's done. But anyway, that's how it's supposed to go. It's all planned that way. And they have put all their articles and books out about it in the past. Now, we also have this great uh, scientific, so-called scientific con of climate change, which again was brought in and pushed to the fore by Al Gore and others. Al Gore is just an allegory, obviously. But the fact is, these big guys, plus Lord Rothschild, who brought forth uh, the carbon tax idea uh, that would go through the family's private bank in Switzerland for the whole world. That's a lot of cash going through, folks. Uh, that were behind it too, uh, so there's certainly profit off it. But they said it was to change the way that everyone must live. Again, in socialism, it gives you more departments of government to come down on you and tell you how to live, behave, or, or you can't live in this house anymore. It's not sustainable. It's not. Uh, it's got bad thermal ceiling uh, and sewing and all the rest of it. And they can they can change your whole way of living and bring you into austerity that ties in with it, of course. But there's an article up today, I almost makes you want to throw up to read the darn thing. But it says, why, why has global warming slowed? Scientists admit they don't know why. But they're 95% per sure, percent sure that humans are to blame for climate change. But they don't know why that the global warming has slowed. Actually, it's gone back. It's cooler. I can testify that just by my own observations. And winter's lasting longer. It's coming in earlier. And even in June, I mentioned, I think on the air, that it went down to... The freezing points uh, in one week, uh, almost three nights, three in a whole week, then the freezing points in June. So that's where we are with it all. But I'll, I'll put this link up tonight, anyway, for those who've got who've got the stomach to actually read the, the lies and rubbish and so on. This is how you change society: is through fabrication, folks. Big money, fabrication. The scientists live on grants, for goodness' sake, and without this con, these guys would be out on the streets looking for jobs and stacking shelves or something like that. And that's actually where they should be. That's really where they should be. Back with more after this.
are listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix and I've mentioned the PNAC group so many times, but uh, you think of the men who sit around and uh, look at maps and all the rest of it uh, and plan wars years ahead. And they, they laugh and they joke and so on. And they have their professionals there who can pretty well actually say how, how the cost will be financially to the taxpayer, of course. That's always the taxpayer who funds it all. And, of course, the benefits from the big private corporations that move in in the Middle East, for instance, and grab all the oil and all the other minerals, etc. But they also talk about the, 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 the so-called collateral damage, meaning the cost of civilians. And that doesn't bother them in the least. Now, before 9-11 happened, uh, it was fairly stable across the Middle East. And folk would go, go to, to these countries and visit them and, and as tourists, etc. And you're going to first world countries uh, at that time including Iraq, the cities were first world countries uh, and uh, good universities uh, and turning out awfully good stuff, in fact, from the universities. But um, look at it now, look at the mess it's in today, where uh, every country that, that, uh, that they've gone into by the US, France and, and all the rest of the countries involved with Afghanistan, uh, they've left them uh, devastated. That's what Kissinger wanted, destroy all the infrastructure that, makes, that creates the, the, the food supply and so on, the factories, uh, everything, just destroy all water supply, pumping stations, you name it, just destroy it all, flan it into the Stone Age, and then have them all fighting with each other forever as you, as you send in your operatives and the provocateurs to get each faction fighting each other. That was what Kissinger actually said before the war, long before the war started. That's what they wanted, and you've got it today. And yet it's the same rubbish that's put out daily, daily, daily by the governments, that they're bringing democracy and peace, peace to the Middle East, as they slaughter and slaughter and slaughter. How many years of slaughter has this been? And it's still going on. And here's the article today, too, that, and it's about this, the Syrian chemical attack, hundreds dead in Syrian, Syrian chemical attack, as even impartial experts alleged it's a false flag operation by the rebels themselves. It says overnight it wasn't Egypt, but Syria that woke up to the latest massacre, this time in a chemical weapons-induced slaughter that went, where more than 200 people were killed shortly after 3 a.m. local time. And it said... As the worst reported use of chemical arms in the two-year-old civil war. Naturally, Syrian activists promptly accused the President al-Assad of conducting the attack that killed numerous women and children, even though it was their chemical weapons warehouse in the Damascus area that was uncovered just over a month ago. And it's true enough, the last time they used it in a, in a smaller scale, it was the rebels that, that had actually set the stuff off to blame Assad. And don't forget the reasons behind it is because Obama said that the one thing that, that will give them the permission to go in with the U.S. forces and so on is if they use chemical weapons on the civilians. 
This is not surprising that state TV and Syrian emissaries are broad, promptly denied any responsibility for the attack. And as on previous occasions, the traditional narrative of penning this wholesale murder of civilians on the ruling administration leaves much to be desired. So much so that even experts are now wondering if it wasn't merely the latest provocation attempt by the US and Al-Qaeda supported rebels to push public opinion further against Assad and permit the green lighting of an eventual military escalation. What's the whole purpose of it? And it says here, the timing and location of the reported chemicals weapons use came just three days after the team of UN chemical experts checked into Damascus Hotel a few kilometers to the east in the start of their mission. You see, it makes no sense at all. If Assad was behind something like this, it would not be a wise thing to do when the guys are coming over. It actually says this, it would be very peculiar if it was a government who did this at the exact moment the international inspectors come to the country, said Rolf Ekius, retired Swedish diplomat, who headed the team of UN weapons inspectors in Iraq in the 1990s. It says at the least it wouldn't be very clever, it would be stupid, so you wouldn't do it if you, if you were the guys who know the Americans are going to come in in the first place and flatten them to the Stone Age like every other country they've done. Uh, too, and you wouldn't do it when the specters were over there either. Equus said the mandate of the UN team was limited to three sites but could be amended to investigate fresh claims, which would be simpler to verify than other months old cases. So I'll, I'll put it up tonight. There's, of course, there's Daily Mail and other ones. I've got pretty graphic photographs of all the, the folk uh, who were gassed and killed by nerve gas, actually. And it's again, it's meant to get an emotional response. Of course, all of that is meant to get an emotional response. So folk will automatically go along and blame Assad for doing it. Go over there and stop that. So they'll go over there and bomb all the rest of the public to smithereens and bring peace and democracy to to Syria. And that's what it's for, folks. And even this article too, it says Iraq death toll in July this year it, it topped a hundred thousand. It's still going on as it slaughter gets slaughtered. It says it's the highest in years. And it says um, casualty figures released by the UN mission in Baghdad suggest 1,057 Iraqis were killed in July. That's a month. Making it the most violent months in years. It lists 4,137 civilians have been killed and 9,865 injured so far this year with Baghdad province worse hit. That's, that's the, the legacy of the West going in there to bring peace years ago now. The impact of violence on civilians remains disturbingly high, and Iraq's political leaders must take immediate decisive action to stop the senseless bloodshed, it says. But that's what Kissinger said. We'll, we'll fund all the different factions afterwards and get them fighting each other to make them absolutely useless as a country. They've done it all. If you tally up all the bodies... Since Gulf War One to the present, it would be rather astonishing, folks. I don't think it would bother anybody today, because they're so degenerate today and desensitized to, to horror. Uh, nothing would bother them at all, I think. That's my personal opinion. Is it, is it gobble-up horror movies that are <laughs> just something else altogether? And also, too, uh, mortgage activity in the U.S., that there's mortgage activity plunges 50% to the levels of 2011 in April. That's what it is now, so that's plummeting as well. Everything's managed, though, you see, and meant to happen the way things happen, including things like this. Because everything's manipulated by the big bankers in collusion with each other. Of course it is. Always has been. Also, Google's Moto X cell phone is a first-generation listening device for by that company. And, of course, uh, Motorola Mobility, who's owned by Google now, 
have announced that their new phone motor X uh, is a pioneer in surveillance technology. Without draining the cell phone battery, Motor X can listen to everything within its vicinity. Cell phones that monitor auditory environments can also discern between phone's owner's voice and what room the phone is in by utilizing ambient noise analysis. The software can decipher the mood of those speaking access to when to, to disturb the owner and record all conversations in the near future. And, and of course, they were worked on by the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, government-funded operation, where the other high-tech stuff comes out of on behalf of government, using your tax money, mind you. Because, you see, we always build our own chains. We pay for the chains getting built. Now, who would buy these things? You all this, the idiots will go out and buy them. They'll go out and buy them. The, the young folk think it's all normal because they've been born into it. And it's all fun. They ain't going to do without it. The older folk aren't much better, mind you, they're addicted to it so fast. So, you know, what can you say? Tonight, too, I'll put up um, an article that's really just reminded me of an article but two or three years ago. You understand the so-called security experts, they're keeping us all safe from anti-terrorism, have big think tanks working all the time to come up with new ideas. And what they come up with is, what is it? What, what could people do? What could people do uh, in airports and so on? So they think of any, every possible thing that's imaginable and unimaginable as well and make lists of it. And once in a while they'll put the story, a scare story out like this one here to get uh, the next part through as well, you know. And don't forget too, even with the old system where you, you, you would take out your, off your belt in the airport and your shoelaces and your shoes and the whole, like a prisoner and hold up your pants. To, to make you feel like a, like a fool and helpless and all the rest of it. Learned helplessness is what they called it and training the public. Um, <laughs> and the public accept it. I mean, if at any gumption folk would have stopped traveling completely and you would have, you would have seen everything, all those scanners and all the rest of it, they give you cancer tossed out immediately, folks. But they won't do that. The public won't do that. The elite know that because they, because they have big guys that study history, big professors that come in. So it says that breast implant bombs, that was one of the things they thought up at these think tanks years ago. Well, I guess you could possibly put implants in, in, in boobs now, you know. So, so the Heathrow Airport is now on high alert because it's a possibility. I mean, don't forget too, you could, you could probably get your, your toenails pulled out as well and, and get cellular lows put in there and that's good for a fuse. Or you could even put a small bomb in your teeth for goodness sake, you get a good dentist. I mean, there's nothing you couldn't imagine, right? So when nothing's happening, and to try to rationalize and justify that, then this ongoing surveillance of the public, oh, then they've got to feel all the women's boobs as well. Because it's a bomb. Back with more after this. Hi, folks, we're back cutting through the matrix. It makes you wonder, actually, if um, if this uh, Obama's health care, which wasn't Obama's, because Hillary was touting it when, when her, her hubby was in. And uh, but I wonder if that would be part of the National Health Service, too, a complete physical before you get on a plane. Because in this article, as I say, about the, 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 the boob bombs, they're calling them, um, 
you know, you, you can go a complete physical. But they're also doing the, the, the cavity searches and all the rest of it, looking in your ear holes and God knows what other holes and so on. And, and, and this is so degrading to the public. And nothing's happened, folks. And they always give you these fake ones that they've caught. That just you remember, an expert has said we caught someone last year. I mean, how vague is that? You know, think rubbish like that. It's rubbish, folks. But as I say, that I've, that that one about the boobs came straight out of something they dreamed up years ago, and there are a whole list of things that could possibly be done by humans in a think tank. This is where they dreamed it all up. So. So, so I'll put this one up tonight to all this link. All these articles are put up tonight at cuttingthroughthematrix.com after the broadcast. But I like the comments at the bottom because you can see that it's good that the public are so skeptic about it all. And here's a guy who says, what about a derriere implant bomb? He says, are we worried about derriere bombs? Because they're, they're bigger and even more destructive than a breast bomb. Isn't it that true, eh? And I guess they do have that too. The Hollywood starlets are always getting strange things done to them, things put in there and all the rest. So are the guys too, apparently. But um, it's quite interesting how, how they've got it all here, how doing it. But now they're looking for, for, for blonde bombshells anyway. And it's another, it's another farce, of course. And it's also holding up the lines even longer as they feel everybody's boobs. Ah, but now in Britain too, it says a high court judge makes legal history after sanctioning sterilization of a disabled man, 36 years old, because it's in his best interest. Well, that's how they look upon all of us, folks, because we're all stupid, apparently, and we can't run our own lives. And now you've got judges making decisions on sterilizing people. And this guy was referred to as D.E., uh, they won't tell you his name, and his girlfriend already have a son born in 2010. And the case launched because 36-year-old is incapable of making the decision himself. They could apply that to every man out there, regardless of IQ or everything else. He says, well, I don't know, I don't know. All the politically correct ones, are, but, but, but are, they're all for, for everyone else getting sterilized, but themselves are saying, mm, I don't know. So uh, the judge will probably decide for you down the road as it, as it normalize this. And it says... Um, the Justice Eleanor King agreed that another child could cause psychological harm to, to, to what? To who? And it's the first time in British legal history that sterilization has been ordered in, in this way. So is a precedent being set now, folks? There you go. Now, Canada, most folks think that Canada's nice and clean under all that snow, that white snow. But it's really a pretty dirty place when you go into the politics of it all. I've mentioned before that in, in the book um, Deadly Allies, Canada's Secret War, uh, it goes into declassified stuff from the government on, on Canada uh, running uh, the head, the top actually, uh, uh, and at the top uh, of uh, making bacterial and viral warfare possible and very, very accurate to, and, and, the, and any kind of virus that they design. They're also into creating all kinds of insects now for warfare purposes, for those who don't know it. And it's so easy now with gen- genetic modification. Uh, that can cause plagues, of course. They could actually, uh, they'll actually talk about nano injections and so on into these little, tiny little insects. They could be them zoning on someone's DNA in a crowd. They'd find you and give you a little sting. But anyway, under all that snow, we've got other things too. See, Canada loves to be ahead in political correctness. They're, they're, they're always avant-garde on the PC stuff, you see. And... Um, so they'll to be first in everything before the rest of the world. And just to show it, they've got some of the best criminals here too. 
that can compete with the criminals anywhere in the world. This is a hundred and forty million penny a dollar, hundred and forty million pe- uh, dollar penny stock fraud, and the Canadians are amongst the accused. Four Canadians and five Americans have been indicted in what the U.S. officials call one of the biggest international penny stock frauds in history. And it says that um, in April 2011, the Ontario Securities Commission issued a cease trade order against a group of respondents that included Winnick and the two Currys, now accused of penny fraud in connection with companies called BFM Industries and Liquid Gold International Corps. And it says... uh, the complex scheme which involved pumping up the prices of worthless penny stocks and then unloading them on unsuspecting victims in as many as 35 countries had allegedly raked in more than $140 million U.S., the Federal Bureau of Investigation said Tuesday. And the Justice Department said uh, seven suspects were arrested Tuesday in New York, Arizona, New Jersey, Florida, California and Ontario, Canada. However, Canadians Gregory Curry and alleged masterminds Cindy, Sandy Winnick remain at large. These are the Canadians. And it says, by his own admission, we know that Sandy Winnick is in Bangkok, Thailand, and Robert Nandosa, public affairs, this is what the public affairs guy said for the U.S. Attorney's Office, told the star. They don't know where Curry is. So, there's even penny stock frauds, and it's $140 million, which is probably peanuts, uh, but some of the big things are going on. But still, Canadians are out in the head there. They did pretty well there and keep my re- ahead of the rest of the world involved in something like that. Also, Panacea Fossil Fuel Pipe Dream, it says, inside the office of the MIT's Energy Initiative, a campus-wide program with the ambitious goal of helping to transform the global energy system, Howard Herzog, senior researcher engineer, pulled out a fresh yellow pad and began sketching a line graph. He was responding to a straightforward question, the world so addicted to fossil fuels and yet so threatened by the planet warming, warming carbon dioxide they produce, why has uh, one seemingly elegant and elementary solution? In other words, why is, it, why is there no one simple idea by blocking the CO2 from entering the atmosphere in the first place at its source proves so elusive? And this is what they're working on now is carbon taxes, folks, for the U.S., big, big time carbon taxes. And I'll put this article up tonight as well. But they want to also have carbon capture and sequestration technologies. And there was one they bury it under the ground, and we'll all pay for that too. What a, what a joke it is, isn't it? And uh, and I'll be out, out of sight, out of mind, I guess. You know, even though you can't see the CO two. But it's all a joke, folks. It's a change the way we live, and to get another big uh, taxing system for the, the, the global elite to go even higher in the hog than they already are. And as things go down the tubes, of course, and I was just reading a thing from the Club of Rome today on that, uh, of how America will stagnate and get worse and worse and worse. And that's one of the biggest think tanks for the CFR, Royal for International Affairs, and the United Nations. But that's, that was a forecast. But you're going to get more and more rustling of cattle and so on. It already happened in Britain. It's been going on the go for the last 10, 15 years and it's been getting worse. Where whole, even whole sheep herds are getting stolen in the middle of the night with big, big trucks. But anyway, in the States, it says cattle thefts on the rise in Texas despite tougher penalties. It says the Giddings Livestock Commission holds its auction every Monday. Hundreds of cows pass through, brought in by the rightful owners to be sold to the highest bidder. But every now and then, an auction manager, Larry uh, Shuttle, says a contraband cow finds its way into the mix. And uh, he says it's on the increase as, I guess, as times get tough. You're going to find more and more animals going missing. 
Mrs. Rancher saw a sharp jump in the cattle rustling last year in Texas and Oklahoma. Over 10,000 cows and horses were reported missing or stolen. She says that's an almost 40% increase from the one last year. It's a trend that surprised some in law enforcement. Well, it won't surprise you at all because as meat gets expensive and everything's getting so expensive because of this planned uh, Federal, Federal Reserve uh, planned inflation, yearly annual inflation, uh, then, and the cost of living has gone up like you wouldn't believe, uh, then people will turn to, to, to this to make money and they'll sell it on the quiet, the QT and butcher's stores and markets and all the rest of it. And folk will be happy to get it at a price they can afford for a change. That's how it is in Britain. Europe's, Europe's new refugees, Europe's job-hungry migrants are flocking overseas with many landing in nations once colonized by their home countries. Jack Satali talked about all this. The new boat people looking for work overseas. America was to be next as well after Europe. Well, here's the Europe's one. And it says, um, when the banking and economic crisis broke around the, the world in October 2008, few imagined that its recessionary effects would linger for as long as they have. That's not true. The big boys who planned it all talked about the consequences years before. And it says, in Europe and in particular in some years and countries, people accustomed to, to, to years of relative prosperity have had to get used to harsh government austerity measures, wage freezes and job cuts. So now they're moving out to other European countries and going to Spain, such as Spain, Portugal and Greece, and they're going to Latin America and different places hoping to get a better life. All caused by the global elites that brought you anti-terrorism uh, and snooping, NSA snooping everywhere, and so on and so on. So you're run by private, a private corporation, folks, global, and your government is only one section of it. From Hamish from Seattle, Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.